Hello and welcome back to Life Extraordinary. <clears throat> I'm your show host, Roberto, clearing his throat. <laughs> Should have done that before the show started. And uh, I'm coming to you from my Silver Bullet Camper podcasting station, Airstream, home, and happy space, indeed. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about an adventure I did to Iqaluit in Nunavut. You see, in a few years back, um, in 2017, we were invited to go up to Nunavut in Baffin Island and shoot the first episode of what is uh, what was the tourism campaign for Canada's 150th anniversary. And obviously, this campaign was a pretty pretty large one because it was the 150th anniversary of the of the countries, and, um, and so. Uh, we were chosen to be in the very first episode, taking adventures and going to explore the north on uh, for a series called Far and Wide. And we were the first episode for it, and very grateful that the Tourism Board selected us to go on this adventure. And I wrote an article for the Airline of the North, First Air, and uh, and it appeared, you know, in, in each uh, each of the different airplanes and in newsstands and whatnot. And so I wanted to share that with you because it's. It really was an experience of a lifetime, uh, and one that I'll absolutely never forget. So I titled the article, The Power of Memories, and this was for their Millennial Travel Program. All right, here we go. There are experiences in each of our lives that leave an imprint forever. Feelings evoked by sounds, adventures, and sights. For the rest of your existence, so many things spark the memory in you. A scent, a word, or a comment brings flashbacks as if it were yesterday. The ones I'm thinking of right now involve the crunch of ice under a snowmobile, a pack of Inuit sled dogs howling, the sting of snow on my face, the hum of a plane, hearty laughter, and the coldest, cleanest drinking water I've ever had. And views, vistas of a raw, barren landscape, a frozen fjord crowned by mountains, a land before time. My life has been marked by the unconventional, once a weekend warrior hunting for rivers to run, mountains to climb, and lakes to kayak, I yearn to fill my days more permanently with thrill and the search for our planet's most remote destinations. So it was that my lady and I, like so many millennials today, cast away the lines of permanent residence and lived nomadically for years. We shunned the traditional travel destinations and instead focused on what I like to call the last wilds, where globalization had yet to leave its imprint and development mostly spurned. You know, where nature still rules supreme and cultures are authentic, which is why last year we chose to make our way across the entire country and up into the storied land of Nunavut. I remember looking out of our plane's window over endless sheets of ice and snow. It looked like white crackers jostling for space, some rounded, some jagged. The music of my earphones only amplified the awe. Being a backcountry explorer, I could even only imagine how Inuit endure their hunting expeditions out on the land. Sure, I've camped in minus 25, but never minus 40 or colder. Yet theirs is a culture where sustenance is found in these temperatures, where going out on the land is the norm, and learning from previous generations simply tantamount to survival. With a spectacular size of 2 million square kilometers, it's no wonder none of it means our land, for who could own such a massive chunk of land alone? It belongs not to one, but to all Inuit and all Canadians. That is my first experience of Baffin Island. From thousands of feet up in the air, a feeling of wonder. The sheer size, baffling. The beauty, unique. 
Anytime I fly over wintry landscapes or even listen to the tunes from that flight, the memory is refreshed and somehow renewed. But little did I imagine at the time that this was just the first nostalgic feeling being forged. The Calouet greets us with a yellow space station-like airport, redolent of a Mars colony, and most definitely a Canadian outpost. It's in this town, for city is perhaps not an appropriate term, that my next grand memory is created. Lady and I are whisked along Frobisher Bay by what city slickers would see as the most unconventional of means, a dog sled. No, plane flying above. While I've been dog sledding before, Inukpak Outfitting set up the Kimmet dog team in, fan, in a fan-hitched formation wherein the team is fanned out, sitting in our Kamutik wooden traditional sled. I feel fortunate to be out on the land, as the Inuit have done for thousands of years. But it isn't until a wicked blizzard kicks up, engulfing us entirely, that I understand and feel quintessentially none of it weather. The horizons erased, left looking at the same, the same as right, and in front as the same as behind us, the snow bites unforgivingly at our exposed faces. It feels like a veritable storm, very different than the pitter-patter of rain on the airstream now. And I love it, for as much as I feel disoriented, my face raw and cold, the howling of the dogs and the hup-hup of our guides reassures. For that is the weather of the north, and this is truly an authentic experience. So now, every now and then, when fickle weather descends upon us on an adventure, or I hear the howl of dogs, I reminisce on this memory. Just invite everyone to come in on this one. When someone else asks how far north we have been, the query evokes a feeling of seeing one of the most impressive fjords I've laid eyes upon, even more so because I was standing in the middle of it. It makes me think of how the world must have been before humans roamed the earth. It was on this same adventure to Baffin Island that we went to within 17 kilometers of the Arctic Circle. Indeed, the furthest north we've ever been. This part of the journey began with a flight from Iqaluit to Pangertung, with a tiny population of less than 1,500 people. The hamlet is situa situated in the Kikitaluk region and is the stepping stone to exploring Ayuituk National Park. After an orienteering session with Parks Canada, our local guide loads us up in a, into a Kamutik behind their snowmobile, and off we go on the frozen wonderland. The skis on the sled bite into the blue ice, crunching here and there while Jovi, owner of Ilvaktuk Outfitting, threads his snow machine around the snow ice, and as only one raised hand would know how to do. Well, uh, and only as one raised on the land would know how to do. Entering the National Park is most definitely a highlight of the trip and plants the hope of one day trekking deep into the park. Living in Whistler, snowmobilers are common, and every time I hear the rev of an engine or see a sled ski sliding over snow, I think of the first time I saw one of the furthest reaches of my country. My land. Our land. As Bella and I approach the lodge, where we are to listen to a duet of singers, a hearty laugh emanates from the building. Whomever is inside is having a great time. Arctic Kingdom invites us to see two young women who've fallen in love with one of the traditional arts, throat singing, also known as katayak. It's a musical performance sung with rhythmic patterns. At one time, the lips of the two performers almost touched throughout the song, but this is not as common today. Originally, it was sort of an entertainment for Inuit women while the men were away hunting. Teresa and Alexia, both in their teens, give us a wonderful performance that leaves us all with jaws agape. Anyone visiting Iqaluit should most definitely enjoy this show. Little do we expect them to invite us to partake, which is when we quickly understood how it takes both practice and talent to reach their level. Still, we try and laugh, and try some more, 
It's that laughter of kindness and of fun that sticks with me even more so than the song. For it is rich and sincere, the type that echoes from those doing something they love. When I hear someone laugh so very heartedly, it makes me think of these two girls living in a place some would call the edge of the world, singing like you do and loving every moment. It feels like I was on Jovi's Kamutik yesterday, or surrounded by yelping Inuit sled dogs last week, or standing in a national park just a few days ago, or laughing as I fail miserably like a throat singer. But no, I'm not. It has been almost a year since I experienced all of these wonderful events. The memories are so grand that they will stay with me forever. For that is what travel and adventure does. It creates experiences and memories that are still a generation. Oh, that is written in part for for air. How, how, 